Hey everyone, welcome back. In today's episode of Raising Unicorns, launching a successful ad campaign takes a lot more than an amazing video ad. So if you want the internet gods to bless you, listen carefully. You don't have to be a unicorn to capture the magic of a great business. Harmon Brothers has helped countless companies, both big and small, grow into the businesses they were meant to be. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the marketing secrets we've learned to help you raise your business by hundreds of thousands to hundreds of millions of dollars and beyond. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Raising Unicorns podcast. I have with me a very special guest today. It is the one, the only, Brett freaking Crockett. Yes. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. What are we going to talk about today, Crockett? Wanna, 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 I just want to shoot the breeze. You want to talk Formula One for a minute? I mean... I think we just did that in the 30 minutes when we were supposed to be recording. Oh, yeah, so maybe right. we skip we'll that We'll skip the part. Formula One and we'll get to the good stuff. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I think we ought to talk about launching and some of the things you got to have in place before you actually launch that video content. I think that's a great direction to go in. So I think it's a misnomer, a misconception about Harmon Brothers. Even for me, like before I worked at Harmon Brothers, I knew Jeffrey and Neil, some of the founding Harmon Brothers. And even how I perceived how they launched campaigns was wrong in the sense of I always just thought you made an amazing video. You made a big old crazy concept that had funny jokes and was just really compelling and very convincing and entertaining. And then they just set it into the wind and they were like, fly, little video. <laughs> Go viral. Right. And that is 100% the opposite of all the pieces in place for trying to really get a video to crank really well and like do extremely well and perform for our clients. So when I came on, I was like blown away by all the work behind the scenes. You see the video as one little sliver of this huge continuum of all the work that goes into a Harm Brothers campaign and launching the video. There's Mm -hmm. a lot that goes into it. And that blew my mind. And I think too, like how important all those other pieces are, are pretty big in terms of how like get the videos to actually crank and actually perform the way you want them to. So yeah, for sure. It's like the iceberg, right? You only see the top 10%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bottom. It used to be maybe a little more possible to do that whole just viral thing, right? Yeah. When when we weren't so tied to algorithms and pay to play and some of that kind of stuff. I think it's even more important now to have your strategy mapped out beforehand so that you're not just throwing content out there and hoping that the internet gods bless you with this incredible success, (laughs) right? Because it's very unlikely to happen these days just with the way the different platforms want you to play the game. They want you to play the game by paying to play that game. Paying to play the game. So that's how it works. And there's still virality that goes on, right? Especially on some of the newer platforms like TikTok and stuff like that. And even on Reels and Shorts, like there's organic components there that definitely go viral. Yeah. Anytime the platform releases a new feature, they're going to give you some of that extra love so that people will adopt it quickly. And as time goes on, some of that love that they shower on you at the beginning starts to wane a little bit and they ask for a little more cash in return. Pay to play, baby. Pay to play. Name of the game. So a few things. We'll talk about five points. Obviously, there could be infinite number of things that you consider as you're launching these campaigns. But why don't we start with organic social media strategy and how that fits into it? Yeah, and this is the, one of the ones that I feel like I underestimated before I came out of Harm Brothers and kind of saw the behind the scenes of all that they did. So let me give you an example. When we did the original Squatty Body back in 2015, there was a little bit of a teaser that I saw ahead of mm-hmm. time that was released. Do you remember what the visual of that teaser or the GIF was? 
I don't know if I remember the exact one. I think they launched several, but I remember very specifically seeing ice cream coming out of yep. a unicorn's butt. There was nothing else. <laughs> there was no context. It was just basically like the sphincter and the ice cream just coming out. And it was just <laughs> on loop. And it was like one of the most Shame. upsetting things I've ever seen. But also was one of those yeah. things where it's like, I have to watch this. What is this? <laughs> it's disturbing. Yeah. Not every concept or every idea is upsetting or as alarming as like a, a pooping unicorn. But I think every campaign, especially when you're doing a big creative campaign, similar to what we do at Harm Brothers, there's just always elements you should be able to pull out that when someone sees them in a GIF or like that meme style short clip or teaser clip, people yep. should be like, what the freaking crap are they working on right now? So it's like freaking wild. The Firefix car going off yeah. the cliff. It could be the tree woman in the traveling for next vacay. It could be the bear on, on a cliff, cliff yeah. or like the kid doing push-ups with a giant like log. There's all sorts of small visuals that you can utilize for organic posts leading up to the campaign to get some hype around it for sure. Yeah, I think the idea is building that anticipation so that people are excited for the campaign when it launches. Another example that I loved, I've, we've probably talked about the Super Bowl plenty, but one of my favorite commercials was the Popcorners Breaking Bad ads. Mm -hmm. They started teasing that campaign back in December and then the Super Bowl wasn't till what, February? February yeah. Two months of tease. Yeah, a bunch of teas in there and they tease different photos, clips from the actual video on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all leading up to it. And then they actually released the ad on YouTube uh, the weekend, I think, before the Super yeah. Bowl. So they were, they built a gigantic hype train. People were just loving it and anticipating it, excited for it to come out and then shared it when it did, right? I think doing those sorts of things helps to build that virality that often doesn't happen on its own and then also helps your paid media to go so much further because people are ready and amped up to share it at that point. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like one thing we've done over the years is we have a PR agency that we've worked with to try and get some additional organic reach with a press release because right. there's always the ad week and there's always like ad age and other press outlets that are always looking for stories to tell. And if it's a good video that's compelling and interesting, they want to write a story about it and about the concept. It's always shocking to me. I'm like, you want to write an article again? Okay, cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> when the content's good, they're certainly more willing. Yeah. But it's nice to get that extra mileage out of it. And uh, Matthew Fracci, who's, who's been our PR guy for a long, long time, does an excellent job of getting that into the press and giving it more legs that way as well. Shout great, out to Inspire Buzz. Yep. Good guys over there. I would say on that one, there's a bunch of different things that you can do, right? So you mentioned the animated GIFs or GIFs, depending on... If you, you say know, it wrong or right. <laughs> That's right. And we won't tell you which one's wrong or right, but I have very strong opinions. You can also do, did I say behind the scenes? So a lot of that, you can capture behind the scenes content as you're actually writing, filming these things that can get people interested. And frankly, that stuff is just a lot of fun to post anyway. So why not make good use of it in generating some hype for the campaign? Cover that one pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I think we're going to move on to the email launch. Email is an important one. And it kind of goes hand in hand with this organic social media strategy because your email list that you have, whether it's large or small, you should be engaging your customers, fans of your brand that are already on your list and get them to help you push this content. I consider it an essential part of any ad campaign launch. So you'd send it to your list and include a clear call to action to go and check out the video or the campaign. That link could be to your landing page. It could be to the video on YouTube. Basically, wherever you want people to go and watch, make the call to action very clear that they should go and do that thing on that platform. You could also, if it's a multi-channel campaign that you have on a bunch of different platforms, you could include links to all of those mm -hmm. with an image for each one so that they get to kind of choose 
choose where they want to consume that content. But another thing I find that it does really well for those people that are on your list, if you have this dedicated list of customers, giving them a first look at what you're doing helps them to feel respected. They're in the loop on these things. And it's an opportunity for an early boost of positive sentiment on your paid and organic posts. So if you have people who have already used your product, they love your Mm -hmm. brand, getting those people early on to comment and sharing it with their own audience, that does a really good job of creating a positive sentiment on that ad at the very beginning, which helps your ads to be more effective and frankly, your ad spend to be more efficient when you have that kind of positivity on there. So when others see that, they're more likely to have a positive view of the creative as well. And you just get that much further. Yeah. And I think too, like people forget your email list is people who have almost always either expressed a high amount of interest in buying or they're people who have already bought your product. There's no better audience on Facebook because we've heard of people who have done like seeding vanity metrics with doing a little bit of ad spend ahead of the launch before it goes public. Even the best lookalike audience or target audience you can actually go after on Facebook isn't going to be nearly as effective as the people who've actually tried your product or are purchase your product. If you have a huge list, you can just do the repurchase people that are clearly satisfied because those people are going to like and share and comment way more. And also, I don't think this is against Facebook's policies, but if you incentivize them with sharing it on social media in that email as well and like having some kickback, a 20% offer after you share it or whatever like that. We've seen that in other campaigns we've done in the past with like VidAngel. If you remember that one, if you get five people to sign up with your code, they got VidAngel for life for free. There's all sorts of stuff you can do that can juice those a little bit more. Run a 15 or 20% promotion, you know your cost can sustain that. You should absolutely utilize that for another way to leverage the launch of that video. Those are great ideas. But the key is they can only do that if you give them the opportunity and keep them in the loop. Take your list, whatever the size of that list is, include them, send it to them upfront at the beginning or like you were mentioning a little bit pre-launch, your launch will go that much better because you've got these, I don't want to say rabid fans, but you've got fans, people who are familiar with you already to help you do some of that heavy lifting. The most qualified audience you have is in your email list for sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk about the landing page for a minute. With all of our clients, we go through a list of these things to make sure that they're all squared away on all of these. And the landing page is one where a lot of our clients these days have great landing pages. And so they've tested them, they've done a lot of conversion rate optimization on them. But one thing that is important is that your landing page needs to tie very closely to the ad so that when someone clicks from the ad and they land on your landing page, they know that they're in the right spot. And so before we launch any campaigns with our clients, we go through and we check their page for them. We also, with our clients, share with them a baseline wireframe that will help them make sure they have all the necessary elements so that that landing page is converting the traffic as efficiently as possible. And we go through a bunch of different steps on there so that they're ready to go right out of the gate. And then we always recommend that they continue to test. That's an important piece of that. Now, the page should be optimized for conversions with a clear and concise message that highlights the benefits of your product or service. And then they're usually like, well, what exactly do we consider a conversion? So it depends on your campaign, what your call to action is. But essentially, if you're trying to get leads out of the campaign, your conversion event is going to be someone submitting a form and becoming a lead. Or if it's an e-com type product, then obviously that conversion is going to be someone actually purchasing the product. Right. Making sure that that's all squared away is super important. We've seen campaigns when those elements are overlooked or not trued up as much as they could be. Because we realize that there's only limited time. And if they're doing a huge investment in the video campaign, sometimes they don't have the resources.
resources to throw at a website to redesign it. Because sometimes we get in there and they're like, "Woof, this needs some, yeah. this needs some love." But oftentimes, when they ignore those big like red flags that we see, it's just always a painful process. When the video launches, they're putting ads behind it. They've got some organic momentum behind it, and they see the metrics on Facebook being up here, being really, really good. And as soon as it hits the website yeah. and it just tanks, that is always a brutal lesson for our clients to learn. Of like, it doesn't matter how good the video is if the website's not set up the right way to capture that value that the video is generating, you're right. losing out like a ton of opportunity and a ton of lost cost and that misstep. It doesn't happen super often, but when there is pushback mm-hmm. on making some of these changes, after we launch the ad, there's usually very little pushback. They're like, oh, they yeah, want no, that no, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll do this right away. We'll do these right away. <laughs> yep, that's right. Exactly. So the other important thing about that is optimizing for mobile. So right now, over 60% of online traffic is on a mobile device. But when you're looking at one of these apps like Facebook or certainly TikTok, any of these social media platforms, over 90% of it is mobile traffic. Mm-hmm. And so you need to pay special attention to your site layout, your site speed making sure that it's optimized, all the images and videos are optimized a little quickly. If you're not doing that, your conversion rate is going to suffer. And so that's super important to make sure that you're checking that out and paying good attention to that before you start throwing paid traffic at that page, mm-hmm. right? I think this can't be overstated because again, if you have really great creative that's getting lots of good metrics on Facebook and you're kind of seeing you're above kind of like benchmarks of what they like to see for performance and you have good click-through rate and quality scores, if your website's not converting at least above, what would you say, one to one and a half is like kind of where we think we want to be at least? Yeah, we like to see one and a half to 3% yeah. as like a baseline. So you're doing well if you're somewhere in there. And then above that, obviously, is much better. Yeah. But that's a good place to start. There's a client that shall remain nameless. <laughs> the site was not doing great. It was around 1% or sub 1% on a pretty consistent basis. And we knew that this was a problem. We saw that the other ads that we were running at the time were doing a good job of getting people there, but we just were not converting that traffic. And we felt like from the ads that we were running, it was a very qualified audience, but the, the website just wasn't doing its job. So we changed a bunch of different yep. stuff and the landing page for the product. We changed some of the imagery on there. We changed the layout. We just could not beat that baseline because we did a split test on that to like A-B test it on the traffic. So we knew that it was the same type of traffic going to that split test. And it took three different iterations of website testing to get that conversion rate to pop up. And now we're getting about 195% increase in conversion, which is huge. Again, where we want that to be is between that 1% to 3% conversion rate. And when your website is converting really, really well, as far as creative goes, it makes your job way less frustrating because there's nothing worse than when you make great creative that is squandered because the website's not performing really well. Another client that I'll give you an example of Heirloom Paint. They have an absolutely killer website. They also have a great offer, which we're going to talk about in a second. But they have a 5% conversion rate on their page, which if any of you get... Thing of beauty. It's like mind blowing. That means out of a hundred people that are going to this website, five of them are buying something on this website. That's insane. That's so many people. But like at the same time, though, it feels like when you have a website that's converting that well, it's so much easier to diagnose other things in your funnel that are right, whether that's the traffic that you're buying it on, whether it's the content itself. If your traffic is converting on your website at a certain percentage, it's so much easier to diagnose something else that's not working. The thing that's really sucky is when you have multiple elements of your funnel that are not working very well, like the creative might be bad and your funnel is not good and your email marketing is bad. It's like, oh man, where to start? You know what I mean? And then it's kind of like you just got to pick which one you think you can move the needle the most to start there. When you find these really good, really well-performing landing pages, Mm -hmm. man, deconstruct them and figure out how you can do something similar because you're going to get a huge head start if you're able to find that kind of success with the landing page. So 
So one of the big things that affects not only just how much money you can put into a campaign and how the launch of your campaign does, but not only just the video and all the website and all the email, but also what that actual like total checkout size is. Because if you have a bigger yeah. basket size, you have a higher amount you're getting out of every customer and you can afford to spend more money to acquire that customer. The lever we definitely like to pull on for launches is actual upsells on the initial product. So if you guys don't know what an upsell is, Crockett's going to tell you. Obviously, upsells are specific to e-commerce mm-hmm. products, right? Or not necessarily e-commerce, but it works in retail. Stores do it all the time. They have things at the checkout where you've got a bunch of candy bars and lighters and all that kind of stuff that they're just hoping you'll add to your cart as you're checking mm-hmm. out and not really give it much thought. You're already there, ready to pay. In the online space, the thing that's really nice about that is that you've put your content out there. You've paid for the customer to come to your website. You've given that money to Facebook or TikTok, whoever it is. And now you've covered that cost. The goal now is to get them to buy as much stuff as possible Mm -hmm. because once you've covered that cost to get them to make the purchase, anything else on top of that is higher margin. It's gravy, baby. It's gravy. So if you can add some complimentary products so that as people are going through that checkout, they don't have to think a ton. Give them something that makes sense that will help improve the experience of what they've already purchased, the higher you can boost that average order value, the better you're going to be able to achieve ROI on these campaigns. Mm-hmm. Quick example of that, FiberFix. It's an $8 roll of, I think it was somewhere around $8 if you just bought one mm-hmm. on its own. But we ended up creating several different versions or several different bundles of this thing where it went anywhere from probably $19.99 all the way up to a package that I think was over $79. And it came in a nice bag and all that kind of stuff. And it was interesting because the way we did it, I think we had three price tiers and the middle tier was specifically formulated to get people to take that particular offer. And that's the one that sold the most, right? In doing that, we were able to boost that average order value way up past that $8 that we could have sold a single unit for, right? And so if you're selling an $8 product, you need to be thinking about, okay, how can I actually make this a $30 product so that I can get more out of my ad spend? That's one of the key purposes of an upsell is to help you get more value out of those ad dollars that you're spending. Another example of an upsell that one of our clients is doing is Skull Shaver, right? It's a palm head shaver that like kind of fits in the palm of your hand, has these flexible heads on there. It's for bald guys like to keep their head nice and smooth. But they have a huge array of other products, right, that they have. They have a shaving balm, they have lotions, they also have different types of razor heads. And so one of the mm-hmm. things that they do is when you have your initial checkout, you can actually buy some of their shaving balms or additional heads or replacements at a discount for what they normally are on the website as a one-time upsell on the website right then when you're going through the checkout. And again, that's something that they've done really effectively is being able to package those things together to get the right sweet spot of a combination. Because everybody knows if you got a shaving supply, if it, whether it's straight blade razors or whether it's rotary blades and you have a Norelco, eventually you're going to have to buy a replacement on those things right. knowing that you're going to have to do those. Or, you know, you're like, I'm not a dry shave guy. I'm a wet shave guy. It seems like that's a good product. It's a decent price. I'm going to give the whole skull shaver thing a go. And oftentimes it works really, really well. They have a high conversion rate on it. But it's again, it's one of those things that they can juice that average order value up a little bit more to make it so either one, they're getting more profit, like Crockett was just saying, just yep. barely, or it allows it so they can spend more competitively on Facebook 
Facebook and outcompete their competitors because they have a little bit more margin that they can spend more money to acquire that customer. What's that quote from Russell Brunson? Like the brand that always wins is the one that can afford to spend the most on acquiring the customer. Yeah, it's something like that. And it's totally true. I think the other nice thing about that upsell and what you were talking about is adding in these other products lets your customer experience the other mm-hmm. things that you have to offer, right? It gives them exposure to all of the other products that you it's have. It's just a one-off. Yeah, rather than just a one-off thing. And then they're able to purchase more in the future because they've already experienced it. So it's just a really smart way to go. And we recommend that to every company that has multiple products that can do uh-huh. that. You know, when we were talking earlier, mentioned Squatty Potty, their upsell was just another one yeah. of the things that you just bought. Many people have multiple bathrooms and you don't want to be carrying your Squatty Potty from one bathroom to the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just makes sense. Like people probably need more than one if they're going to do it. You know, something as simple as that can work really well. That's something we took from the school of thought from Russell Brunson again. It's the easiest thing to upsell is a product that they're already sold on. So selling the exact right. same product again. Like you said, especially with something like a, a Squatty Potty where people almost always have more than one bathroom in their house. They usually have two, three, four. And so just being able to add an additional one for either the same price or a slight discount. They've already convinced themselves, yeah. I want this. I want to buy it. I just want to buy it twice now. That actually leads really well into our fifth thing that you should be ready to go with when you launch your campaign. And that's the offer. And it's funny that we're kind of ending with the offer because a lot of times we recommend that you start with the offer, but it's also kind of the grand finale. So your ad campaign, your offer on that thing really is the key to success. Mm-hmm. Your offer's got to be compelling. It's got to be unique. It has to be valuable to your target audience, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's something that cannot be overstated. If your offer is not right, doesn't matter how great your website is. It doesn't matter how great your creative is. They're all kind of interdependent. But if the offer is wrong, you're not going to go anywhere fast with your campaign. And so if you have the right offer that people are resonating with it, whether it's a price point, whether it's a, how you're positioning that offer, that is critical. And so one of the things that we've done in the past and that we recommend with clients is either test ahead of time of what that offer is and really land on it, nail that mm-hmm. really well. Or one of the things like we do with Fiber Fix is like you said, we tested different offers and filmed different offers for the bigger packages because we knew we were going to have one specifically for just the tape, this base layer tape to get people into the door. But we also had right. other offers and other packages where we had bigger bundles together as the actual offer, not as an upsell, but the actual thing that we were trying to push people to where they had videos where it's like the thing we were selling in the offer in the video was to go buy a fiber fix kit, basically a first aid kit for your home where it had all these different pieces of it. And we had different versions of it. There was ones that had different like super glues in there. We had one that was thermal wrap. We had ones that was for repairing a hot water tank. There was all these different things yeah. in there that we had like four or five different offers that we had built. And we were actually able to send those to unique landing pages around those offers to test through which mm-hmm. one did the best. And that gave FiberFix a lot of flexibility to test around and to actually find what offer was really the sweet spot for not just the tape, but a bigger bundle and then lean into that yep. one quite heavily as the main offer. I would be as bold as to say, if we didn't do that, Crockett, you would know this better than me that you were on the development team on that for the website and all that testing. But I think if we wouldn't have yep. done that, I don't think that the campaign would have been financially viable outside of that initial burst of virality. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't have worked financially for him to scale and lean into. That was back in the days of viral social media, mm-hmm. right? Like viral ads when that was more common. And I remember we were up, Jeff called me, I don't know, it was like 1130 or something at night. And he's like, dude, this first offer, it's not converting. Like we have millions of views already on this video, but the offer's not converting. And so we're working that night to switch things around on the website and make sure that we're converting this traffic that we're getting. And so you almost never get it right on the very first try. Mm -hmm. You can't present people with all these different offers or have that flexibility if you don't think about it ahead of time. We couldn't have hurried up and filmed more offers that night, right? To test. And so it has to be something that you're considering ahead 
ahead of the campaign launch because that's going to make it so much easier for you to succeed once you actually do launch. I think the secret to any successful campaign is not just a video to kind of wrap this up. You know, I think that it's all these different elements. If we wouldn't have had any one of these components figured out and kind of dialed in or prepped for testing, a ton of our videos that we would have launched, you guys would have never heard of. They never would have gotten traction. They never would have had the impact that they did for our clients if we hadn't taken care of all those things and put all of our ducks in a row. And that's what I mean going back to that analogy about the iceberg of only seeing the top 10% Mm -hmm. of the iceberg. You only see the video itself, maybe a little bit of the website if you go through the funnel. But like there's a lot of other efforts that have to be in place and tests that have to be on the ready for a campaign to really have the legs that it needs to to scale outside of the virality that you know we used to see. And now like with virality really not being a thing, uh, many platforms are being greatly diminished. These are even more important than ever to have those things in a row. So when you do start putting the pedal to the metal and leaning into that ad spend, you're not throwing money into a furnace that you have things in the hopper (laughs) that are ready to lock and load and actually start really cranking up that conversion rate. And I'm not going to lie, it's like one of the most satisfying things in the world. When we're talking about the website testing, when that popped up above a one on the MER, I was like, oh baby. (laughs) It's such a rush to see these things succeed and to realize that all the hard work that we put into this, it's paying off. Like the client's happy, we're happy. Money's flowing that's when you get to really pour gas on the fire. It's just a ton of fun. So Shane, let's summarize them quickly, those five points that we talked about. So you have your organic social strategy, and that should include regular posts, stories, updates that tease the launch of your ad campaign. So you can leverage user-generated content, influencer partnerships, all that sort of stuff. And your community engagement is key to increasing your campaign's reach. The next thing we talked about is the launch email. So you got that huge amount of people or that big email list that you have, people who have previously purchased or expressed a lot of interest in your product, you want to reach out to them, you want to tell them, you want to get involved to them, maybe even incentivize them to share the content of the campaign as it comes out. Because again, those are people who've already decided to buy your product or have already opted in for your email list. They've already expressed a lot of interest in your product. So you got to capitalize on them. That one's money. Then you have your landing page where you give your viewers a clear, compelling, non-distracting page that gives them the info they need to make that decision and feel confident in purchasing. And as kind of a bonus, you should always be testing that page to increase the conversion rate. And then that's also where you're going to test your offers that we kind of just talked about, right? And then the next thing we talked about was just the upsells and making sure that you can juice as much out of every single customer that actually converts, not only just on that initial offer that you're giving them, but additional products that are either complementary to them or upselling them the same product again. Because again, the bigger you can get that average order value, the more money you're either getting in profit or more money you can utilize to go back and reinvest into ad spend and acquire that customer to higher cost. Awesome. And then the last one, which really shouldn't come last, it's one of the most important elements of your campaign. That's the offer. It's the key here is to create a compelling offer and also plan for that offer to change over time as you dial things in. I think we nailed it. Now you guys know how to become just e-commerce mavens that just crush it. And all you got to do is all (laughs) those things, you know, it's nothing. (laughs) It's easy. easy. (laughs) (laughs) But actually doing those hard things is what's going to make your life way easier. These campaigns are going to be way more successful. So put in the work and see the results is what we always say. For sure. For sure. Well, thanks, Cracker. This has been very insightful and interesting. Yeah, Shane. Great chatting with you. All right, man. Till next time. Tired of playing catch up on your marketing approach? Plan your whole year of ad content with our video strategy in a day. The Harmon Brothers are known for their ad work with Lumi, Purple, and Skullshaver. And now we're offering a 20 minute video that helps you strategize your best profit pushing ad research, messaging, and testing for free. Because a win for great businesses is a win for all of us. Go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash video strategy to save future you a lot of stress with no pitch and nothing to buy.